now we're heading closer to the campsite. Um, of course, we never make it to the campsite because um, at an intersection in Mineola, Texas, is where the accident happened. And our church van was T-boned by a 12-ton cement truck. Wow. Where, exactly where I was sitting. So I wake up from a coma, I don't know how long, and first thing I saw was my mother. And uh, she just wept and cried and she said, she, um, and I said, mom, is everybody okay in the van? And she couldn't even talk and she just went away. And my sister, one of my sisters had to tell me five people died in the van accident. Wow. So everyone who sat around me basically died. Fast forward, now 18 years after the accident, I'm, I met Jesse. She shares, she has this fascination about the accident. She keeps asking me, and I realized I was suffering from survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, and she told me that. And I remember I was in her condo and I was so angry at God and, and I yelled at him and I cursed at him and I told him, I never asked him to save me. Now I have to be perfect. But it was 18 years after the accident that God removed that guilt from me in a very supernatural way. Wow. And those words for my confession and how ridiculous I realized those words were. Like, this is the gospel. The gospel is like, you did not deserve anything. You did nothing good. I just chose to save you. And that's up to me. This is the Spirit-Led Podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm Mark. And I'm John. We are three guys from different places, races, and church backgrounds who get together to just talk about whatever the Spirit leads us to talk about. In this episode, we start out hearing this really intense story from John, and then we end up talking about grace. Hope you enjoy. And 18 years after the accident, I'm sitting in front of my mom and my dad at the kitchen table. And I told them, mom, we're selling off our condo, our houses, and we're moving to China to be missionaries. My <laughs> mom starts crying. And I said, mom, I know I'm the only boy. She goes, no, 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 no. I've been keeping a secret from you for 18 years. And I need to tell you. She said on the third day, when you were in your coma, the doctor, Dr. Finn, I still remember my neurosurgeon. Dr. Finn came up to my mom and said, Mrs. Mrs. Chang, I want you to be prepared from, from the, the massive head injury that your son had and the brain bleed. He may not wake up from this coma and if he does wake up, he may not be the same John as you remember him to be. So I want you to be prepared for that. Hmm. My mom says she fasted for those three days and she just could not sleep. And she pleaded with the Lord and said, please, not my one and only son. And she says, finally, on the third day, she felt the Holy Spirit says, surrender your son to me. And she did. And she says, if my son lives, 
And no longer is he mine, but he's yours. My mom says, you will be a missionary or a minister. And that's the reason why I'm in ministry. Hmm. So there's all these supernatural things like Jesse was in China for a year. And when we were dating and we were getting ready to get serious, she said, I want you to meet these retired missionaries who I served in Asia with. Richard and Alice Wyckoff are their names. And um, we were eating in Chinatown and I saw my old counselor from the van accident at one of the restaurants. And, I, and, and he walked in and I said, hey, Dave. And, um, and then uh, Richard said, who's that? I said, oh, that was one of my old counselors from high school. From, uh, long story, I was in a van accident. Um, so anyway, he starts crying, this old retired pastor, missionary, him and his wife. And I said, what? I said, what's going on? And then after I shared about the accident, he says, we were behind you guys and we watched all the helicopters and ambulance show up. And we have not stopped praying for the survivors of that van. And, and he said, I'm looking at one of them right now. So, so is, is God active? Hmm. You know, so that's my story. Wow. Man, John, that is your story. That is you said, yeah, I remember you saying one time that you had been in a van accident and it was really bad. And I thought, oh, okay. But man, when you tell that story, like those details and the fact that your mom was fasting and she gave you up to God uh, and then you came out of the coma, man, that's really something. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what to say, man. You know, John, like, God is good, I guess. As you share your story, John, one thing that comes to my one thing that kind of comes to my mind is that, you know, even like towards the end, how those people were praying for the survivors, and just like at different points in your life, um, people's lives are intersecting. Like it's not just about John. It's just not. It's not just about like this one person. It's not a linear thing. Like God is like working in the lives of many people at the same time. And I can't help to think about that when I think about, you know, what you and Jesse are going through with hope is that it's so much, it's so much bigger than just what you guys are going through. Like there are, there are other aspects of this that maybe you don't even always see, mm. but God is, God is using, you know, and that's true for all of our lives. Like we, when we pray about things, we tend to just pray about how it impacts us we're not even aware of all the other angles to what we're going through. Um, and so that's the hard part about prayer. And that's the hard, hard part about walking in the spirit and, and believing and trusting God to do great things in our lives is because it's just like, we also have to embrace the fact that um, when I pray, I pray about my situation 
And it's hard for me to even see the other situations that are connected to me. Uh, but God sees that. And so sometimes mm. God may God may make us wait or he may say no or he may do it in a different way because maybe your situation needs to touch somebody else's life three months down the road, you know. So that's that's kind of the hard thing when, you know, when, especially when I hear your story, you see the hard things that people go through and you think, God, why? But I mean, that why, there's an, there's an answer to the why. Sometimes I just don't know if we are able to comprehend it or be able to handle the why, you know? Mm. 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 Wow. Yeah, that, that, that'll preach. <laughs> John, I kind of wanted to know, so you've got this really deep story, this history, um, how does that affect your prayer life right now? I mean, okay, so I don't have a, a story like that, uh, but here I am a Christian trying to have a daily devotion to God, daily quiet time, reading the Bible, praying. Uh, and I just wonder, uh, I mean, what is your, does, does what happened then still have effects on you now in the things like daily quiet time, reading the Bible, all that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. Dustin, that's just insane that you asked that. Um, it's absolutely. I think. I think I will. I literally will carry these crop these scars to the grave. Like uh, I have these finger fingernail marks from the girl that sat next to me. She dug her fingernails into me while she was dying. Right. I have this massive. When I cut my hair short. I have this like 17 inch stitch scar on my, on my head that looks like a fish hook. Mm. Um, and, and, but these scars will be gone when I'm, when I'm in, in his presence, right? The mm -hmm. only scar I will see is his. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I does, it does impact me different. And I feel like, like everything I grew up, like, all my sisters would, would always joke around kiddingly and saying, Oh, John, our lives really don't matter. You're the important one. You're the son. And they mm. always loved telling the story about us coming over as refugees. And I, they saved the most water for me, you know, because I was the boy. Because uh, we all rationed food and water. And I was the baby boy, you know. And so when the accident happened, it was like another confirmation. It was like almost kind of like a setup. I told my wife this when, you know, when, when I was, when, when I first was dealing with survivor's guilt, I told her, I was like, this is a setup. Like got me up to fail because huh. my whole life I was told I was special and I don't want to be special. I don't want to be the, 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 the important one in the family. And my sisters are, 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 are chopped liver or whatever. Mm. I don't, I, want that kind of responsibility but but then i i think of the psalms right when i read the psalms when david says i'm the i'm the eye of your i'm, I'm like the apple of your eye you know like like when david talks about his ble the blessings of, of of how how he's been blessed like i feel that it's like i don't i don't know i i i just weep thinking of like why did god choose me to be a child of God. And, and, and it just, 
I think that question is a constant question that we that will never sat our souls will never be satisfied with it, right? Like we have the rest of eternity to marvel in this type of love. So, so you, right now you've kind of made the jump from why did God spare me from death in the van accident to why did God save me from hell, save me from my sin? You're like, you're drawing a really clear comparison between the two things. Like you don't know why. Yeah. And it's, it's because these stories, like, you know, PM was talking about these intersections. Like, I don't know why these intersections happened, but now that I'm from hindsight, I can see it makes sense. So the scripture that I think of is, is, is the 18 that, that died when the tower fell on them. And, and then they came up to Jesus and says, what, what type of, what type of sin do these people do? What type of, what made the, this terrible thing? Why did this happen to them? And Jesus says like, you too will experience this same fate. If, if, if you do not have me, you know, so like this physical life, I'm going to, God save me from this physical life, but I'm going to die anyway. You know, I think it's to everything in life is just a springboard for us to understand the gospel deeper. Mm-hmm. And if, if we don't see it that way, then we've, I think we've, we've missed, we, 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 we missed out on, on the eternal, the eternality of, 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 of our eternal beings, you know, infinity is set in our hearts. Man. Can I just tell you what that made me think of just now? So you're drawing the comparison between God sparing your life in this van accident when these other five other people were not spared uh, and you wrestling with the survival survivor's guilt and then make the, the, the jump to God sparing your, your life and salvation um, sparing your eternal life. Um, and I just started thinking, man, is that how, like, do when I, when I think of the people who do not know the Lord, who do not know Jesus, do I ever feel that sort of survivor's survivor's guilt? Because if indeed God um, uh, has called me and while, while I was dead in my trespasses, he called me to life, then it seems like I should, you know, have survivor's guilt too. You know what I mean? Like called guilt, Christian guilt, like my neighbors, you know, that it should propel me to something instead of just kind of sitting here going, well, you know, this is life and, and hopefully my neighbors get saved, that kind of thing. It's kind of struck me deeply just now. Wow. That's, that's why we need the body of Christ. Cause I just, I never saw it like that. Um, how you just explained it. Wow. Yeah. I think that's why I've always, I think that's what makes me a good evangelist. Like I, you know, when, when Michael Jackson died right away, I was like, Oh God, he like, he didn't show any signs. Right. From my perspective, any signs of a spirit filled spirit led life. Like, Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, if Christ wasn't his Lord and Savior, then Michael Jackson will, will, will be in hell. 
and I just remember I just wept and I wept because it was, it was just crazy because the week before he died, my, my best friend asked me if he could go to any concert, what concert would you want to go to? I said, easy, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pastor Mark, I kind of want to hear what you have to say about this. No, I think you made a um, you made a good point. Where you both did because they both were connected. Is that we should have, um, for lack of a better word, survivor's guilt, and that should drive us to not slack off, to not get comfortable, to not take uh, so great a salvation for granted or neglected. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. It's the not get comfortable. There's. It really says something about what you think your salvation is whenever mm-hmm. you can just mm-hmm. live a life of just utter ease and comfort and basically a life of celebration all the time. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, John, you carried some major weight around with you from physically surviving that van accident. You were carrying major weight around and I don't know, I don't want to put words into your mouth, uh, but uh, well, maybe you can just speak into this. What were birthdays like? What were, you know, celebration times like Christmas, you know, Easter times that you would normally celebrate? Did you have an easy time celebrating? I, I, it was hard to hear people, you know, like my sisters and my friends, they didn't intend to say it. They didn't intend to make me feel guilty. But whenever they said, John, tell them your story. And Mm. I would tell the story. And just the supernatural things of me switching switching chairs and me almost not going to camp, all these things, uh, they're like, when they say, wow, you were saved for a reason, that just put more pressure on me, mm. right? And, and rather than uh, thriving um, a life with abundance, the way Jesus described a life filled walking with him would look like, I felt I was under the thumb of God, but that was an incorrect Mm. theology. Yeah. Yeah. So what if this, what if all of your Christian brothers and sisters, um, whenever they hear your story go, yes, that's how I feel about having been saved, having God giving me my salvation. And suddenly you're not alone trying to figure out these emotions by yourself because very few people have a story like what you're explaining right now. That's even like, great. Yeah. The spiritual life that we've been saved from is even greater. So, so, you know, Dustin, you were saying like, we should all view our spiritual salvation even more with more gratitude than my story of survival mm-hmm. from my physical life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's profound when you say it like that. Um, and I was just thinking about like, you know, those who are Calvinist or Wesleyan. And um, I remember you, when, a, when my Sunday school teacher said, God knows what you're going to do before you even do it. And that played with my head. And I was trying to j- out God in my backyard at seven years old. And then I passed out. I was like, okay, I guess he could have figured it out. I, I did took a left and I, and I end up going back right. And, you know, I was like, did I, did I 
have a choice in saying no to the girls? No, I'm, I was by the window first. Y'all stay mm-hmm. seated over there. Because obviously, if I didn't switch seats, I would have died. If you saw the, the van, you, it would be a reality. Like, mm-hmm. how did anyone survive? Mm-hmm. Of course. So so it's it's kind of like, it's God's grace. You know, you said something, Dustin. I wish I, I didn't want to cut you off. But you said something that made me think this. You know, like, like, like it's grace. It's God made it so clear that there was nothing I did, you know, so mm-hmm. that, so I can't boast. Mm-hmm. I, I remember before my father became a believer, he would say, it's because you're good and you gave up your seat. That's why they died and you survived. And, and, and I said, and I never talked back to my dad. I have this awe and respect for my father. And, I, and that was the only time I said, and, and my dad says, because of our ancestors, they, we, we were good. Mm. And, and I said, dad, don't you ever take credit away from God. It is God that chose that I live and it's a mystery. And there was nothing good or bad that I did. Because if that was the case, your uncle wouldn't have, my, your brother wouldn't have screwed you over. And he's your bloodline too. Hmm. So it's, 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 that's, that's the story of grace. And I think it's just a parallel of something physical, but it's the, it's actually deeper. It's, it's the spiritual impact. And, and it's, I like, I like what PM said. I like for PM to kind of, land the plane in this area where he said um these intersections like from my perspective these things are happening from this point of view but from the retired pastor who prayed for the survivors to to jesse all the way to now you know like i have a daughter who can't grab me coffee or anything Mm -hmm. she's forever bound in a wheelchair but when she asked me why I love her is because she's my, she's my daughter and I'm her father. And mm. she, she didn't do anything, right? Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I get to experience that grace from that perspective, from a father's heart. Like, it's like, cause you're my daughter, not only because you're cute, you're beautiful, but the fact is you're my daughter. That's why daddy loves you hope you enjoyed this episode of the spirit led podcast if you want to get other episodes you can find us wherever you get your podcast please leave us a comment let us know what you would like us to talk about and maybe the spirit will lead us in that direction one of these episodes thanks for listening